Welcome back to the TGI Podcast. I'm your host, Matt, and we are continuing Christmas in July. Last week, we had a bit of a downer while covering Blossom's lone Christmas episode, um, It's a Marginal Life. A little bit of a downer. If you don't know how that went, make sure you go back and give that one a listen because it was not quite what I thought it was going to be. So I'm hoping this brightens up things just a little bit more with this week's episode. And so this week we're covering the very first Christmas episode of Everybody Loves Raymond. Now, on to the show. This is the second time we are covering Everybody Loves Raymond, with the first coming way back in January, which, how the heck was January that long ago? It's kind of crazy. It feels like this year is just flying by. But we covered Snow Day, which ended up being a really fun episode. I really liked that. It was very funny. And it was also a really popular episode. Surprisingly enough, coming out of the holidays and the burr months, Snow Day was a very popular episode. So hopefully Raymond is the guy to draw everyone back in here for a little more Christmas in July. Now this particular episode titled The Ball debuted on December 20th of 1996 and it is the 12th episode of the series. And per usual, we have the typical cast of characters with this one. Ray Romano, of course, is playing Ray Barone. Patricia Heaton playing his wife, Deborah. Brad Garrett as Ray's brother, Robert. Doris Roberts as Ray's mother, Marie. Always a funny character, although she didn't play a big role in this particular episode, but she did have one of my favorite lines. And lastly, the great Peter Boyle plays their father, Frank Barone. And like I tend to do, I'm turning to IMDb here for a quick synopsis, and it goes a little something like this. Ray is so shattered when he discovers that the autographed Mickey Mantle baseball his father gave him as a child is a fake that he wants to tell Allie there is no Santa Claus. Now, right from the jump here, that description goes off the deep end very quickly. And and what I think what made Everybody Loves Raymond work so well is that it does feed off the human emotion. This is definitely not the type of storyline you'd ever get with a show like Full House. It's just not. And I know this show was geared probably a little more towards adults than a show like Full House was, but it's just you never would have had a storyline in which the father is just going to tell his child that Santa Claus isn't real. I mean, it was bla- it would be blasphemy for a show like that, but for a show like this, it worked and it made sense. And I could kind of understand it. I'm not a father myself, but... I can understand to a certain extent where Ray is coming from here that you could get so frustrated with life in general that you just, you, you want to express yourself in a way. And that was the way that Ray thought he could express himself, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Now the episode itself, it starts off with a really funny cold open with Ray and Deborah. They're lying in bed and Ray's trying to get a few a view of the TV. Now, the TV is clearly on Deborah's side of the bed, and her foot keeps getting in the way. And he pushes down on her foot and goes down, and it pops back up. 
and it goes back down and pops back up. And he's like, Deborah, you got to stop putting your foot there. He's like, why did I, he's like, why am I sitting on this side? I can't see the TV. I can only see the, the weather report from, from Wednesday on from where I lay. And she's like, well, you picked it. He's like, well, I didn't know that this was going to be a lifelong decision to pick on that to sleep on this side of the bed. And then it cuts into the open of the show. And during the title sequence, it was not, I guess I didn't realize that with the first season and maybe it went beyond a little bit of the first season, but the opening credits is Ray outside, like putting things together. And he's talking about being a family man and being a father and doing everything for his family. Kind of interesting because again, if, if you listen to the snow day episode, I talked about how I don't have a real big history with everybody loves Raymond. It's just something that I've seen bits and pieces here and there, but I've never watched it from the beginning. So I was just kind of taken aback a little bit that there was almost like a monologue to the opening credits uh, back in the first season. But I, I do know that that eventually changed. Now, following those opening credits, we're back. We're inside the Barone home. Christmas decorations are out in full force. Definitely has that 90s vibe to it, without a doubt. Like just wallpaper and a big gaudy tree with what looks like decorations that the kids had made all those sorts of things so it is not your pristine looking tree like maybe you see a lot nowadays it was very just kind of throw everything at the tree and that's just the way it was now something that I've always admired about this show is that it looks a little more true to life I don't think they made it look as if the Barones were living outside of their means. I think when you look at Boy Meets World, for example, they live in from exterior shots, very nice home, very large home, the inside, very nice, all that stuff. I don't know if the mother ever had a job. And I know that the father worked at a grocery store, which nothing against working at a grocery store. I did it for a decade. I, I get it, but you don't make a ton of money. It was just kind of interesting how other shows would sort of prop it up. But I, I thought that with Everybody Loves Raymond, and they do a good job of making it look a little more true to life a little bit. Now, the house itself, it's full of boxes at the beginning of this episode. And we don't quite know why until Robert shows up and he's got another box. We find out they're collecting items for their for a, a, a drive for the church, a church drive to donate some clothes and toys and different things to families and kids and all of that. And in this moment, we see Robert kind of sifting through a few of the boxes and he pulls out a baseball and he's like, whoa, Ray, you're giving this away? And Ray's like, no way, I would never give it away. And you find out that it is a signed Mickey Mantle baseball that Ray says he's had for over 20 years. And clearly it's something that's special to him, but it's also something that he'd never really mentioned before. And then at that moment, their buddy Andy shows up, who's in a handful of episodes. I kind of went back and looked. I think it was 25, 26 episodes, something like that, that he was in. And he plays a very small role in this, but he's sort of the catalyst to what is going to end up happening with this storyline. And he tells Ray, or he says to Ray, hey, did you see that special, that 60-minute special that says most of sports memorabilia and autographs, like 70% of them are fake. They're fake autographs. 
And this, of course, gets Ray thinking about whether or not Mickey Mantle actually signed his baseball. And then we learn a little bit more about why or where it came to be or or how he got it. That when he was young, he really wanted one. Mickey Mantle was his favorite baseball player, so his father got him that ball. And he tells Deborah that Mantle and the ball, they're the reason why he's a sports writer that it was that important to him that it drove him to want to be a sports writer, which I think is, it's pretty cool. It's cool in this storyline to have something from his childhood mean so much that eventually paved the way to what his life was going to end up being. And he's going through this speech and it's very like poignant and very, uh, a a very sweet speech about the importance of that ball. And Deborah's like, Oh, that's sweet. Do you remember what you said when you proposed to me want to do this thing? got a nice laugh to end off that scene. And that's something that this show does a lot where they take a serious moment and right at the end, they're going to punch you with a joke and it works. That's again, one of the other reasons why the show was so successful is because they were able to pull off the jokes the way that they did. So then we head back, we're over at Ray's parents uh, and Marie and Frank are bickering about their Christmas tree and first of all, they're putting their tree together in the kitchen. Don't I don't know anybody else who's putting their tree together in the kitchen, but this is where they're doing it. And it is a old, rickety, silver, artificial tree. And Marie's like, why didn't we just get a real tree? Why do you keep going back to this? You see like duct tape down at the bottom holding it together and all of this. And <laughs> I love Frank's response. He's like, hey, this tree helps save water. It helps save the forest, helps save the planet. I am a conservationist, which I thought was very funny. Uh, Frank and Marie sometimes have the funniest lines, the funniest scenes of this whole show. And I think this is a good representation of Frank, who is kind of a cheapskate, but he's going to play it off as that he's doing something good, doing something good for the environment and all these different things. And it was just, I don't this scene was one of the first ones that made me really laugh. At this moment, Ray, he heads over, he's got the ball, and he he immediately is just like, Dad, is this a real Mickey Mantle autograph? And Ray's like, or Frank's like, why do you have that ball? Where'd that come from? And he's like, this is, you gave this to me as a kid. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ray says, so he really signed it, which led Frank to say, well, who told you that? And in that moment, you see that Ray is crushed that the ball wasn't actually signed by his hero. And he, he's devastated and he he storms out of the house and he goes back home and he's complaining to Deborah about the whole situation. Like, I can't believe my dad would do that. Why would he lie to me about this? And he says, I will never, or I never lie to my kids. <laughs> and that ends up with Deborah retorting back with a bunch of different ways that he has lied to their children in the past. And Ray's like, no, that's different, blah, blah, blah. But he then declares he is never going to lie to his children again. And from now on, he's only going to tell the truth. And that takes us and moves us into the second storyline of this episode. And right before we head into a commercial break, little Allie, their daughter, she comes in with a toy, like a baby. And she says she wants to keep it. Uh, that she found it with all the toy drive stuff and she's going to keep it. And Ray says, no, we're, remember, honey, we're going to give those toys to kids for Christmas. And then she said, well, didn't you say that toys come from Santa? 
And immediately that puts Ray in a pickle. What are you going to do? Are you going to tell your child the truth or are you going to lie to them? And I think that brings up the big sort of storyline in a sense uh, in life that you kind of put parents in a bad spot. You don't want to lie to your children, of course, but this is also kind of a pretty special thing that a lot of people have experienced when they were young and they want their children to be able to experience it. So Ray's automatically put in a bit of a pickle and we go into a commercial break. After that commercial break, Allie, she continues to pester him about Santa and she's got a lot about a lot of questions. And he every time Ray's about to tell her the truth and be honest with her, we have Deborah breaking it up somehow. One of them, she smacks him in the back of the head. And finally, after one of those moments, she Allie runs off out of the room. And Deborah, she just she can't believe it. She's like, I can't believe you, Ray. Why are you doing this type of thing? And then we get Marie, she makes her way into Ray's house, and she immediately can tell something's wrong. She's like, what's wrong? Ray's like, nothing, it's fine. And Deborah turns to her and says, well, hey, Ray almost told Allie there's no Santa Claus. And that led to the funniest line of this episode for me. Marie looking just horrified and says, my son, an atheist. Very funny. And she basically tells Ray, Marie, in her own way, which can be a bit brash, can be a bit mean, Uh, for lack of a better word, she essentially tells Ray that he can't rob Allie of that innocence and that people lie all the time in families to keep things together, which, I mean, I agree with her to a certain extent. There is a time and there's times where you kind of have to lie. It's just the way that it goes with certain things, with small things like that. And so I kind of liked uh, Marie's rationale there. And really, we don't get much more Marie. I don't think there's any more Marie after that, which I was kind of disappointed. I feel like she could have played up a, a little bit bigger role with her son, the atheist, in this situation. As we head to the next scene, we have Ray essentially contemplating everything in his past. He's sitting on the couch and he's just, he can't, he, he, he doesn't know what's lies, what's truths. And he starts challenging Deborah about the guy he dated before him, she dated before him. And he's like, you said that the best thing that ever happened to you was him breaking up with you so you would meet me. So he's like, so does that mean if he never broke up with you, that that would be the best, best thing? And so he's all inside of his head about this he's very frustrated about everything he's questioning everything and then the door busts open we've got robert dressed up as santa claus and ray's like what are you doing he's like i want to talk to Allie because mom told me what you were going to tell her and i need to talk to her so she understands i'm real and then Allie comes in and and Robert's talking to her as Santa Claus and then the door opens again and another Santa walks through the front door and it is Frank who's also dressed up as jolly old St. Nicholas and so at this moment the show steers into that classic trope that we get from so many sitcoms especially of that era where you have a doubting child and then multiple family members dress up as Santa Claus help ease their minds and then sometimes you know, we've seen it before. I Love Lucy, I know, does an episode like that where where Lucy and Ricky and Fred and Ethel, they all dress up as Santa. And then you find out that there's actually the real Santa there. And I think there's something like that too in a, in a Full House episode. So 
at least they steered clear of the real Santa Claus in this situation, but it is very much a trope. But what it led to is a hilarious exchange between Robert and Frank, which ended up being my favorite part of the episode. I bet you can't even name the reindeer. No, uh, Rudolph, uh, Donner, Blitzen. Uh, those are the main ones. We rotate them so they wear evenly. Uh, Cupid, Ajax, and Lefty. Allie, of course, she's sharp as a tack, and she immediately knows that they are her Uncle Robert and her Grandpa Frank. She's not, she's not phased by it at all, and she kind of just runs off. Now, we end up going back to Frank and Marie's house, and this is my favorite part of the episode, without a doubt. And Ray, he stops over. Frank's sitting at the kitchen table. He's got the jacket off, but he's still got, like, the big belly, and he's got the beard and hat and everything off, but he's still sort of dressed is Santa Claus and Ray, he stops over and he's like, dad, I want you to quit making up stories to Allie. And Frank's like, Hey, I'm a grandpa. That's what, that's what grandpas do. We, we make up stories. And, but Ray's just like, listen, you gotta stop. I don't want to lie to my kids. And it all leads back to Ray explaining to him about how much that ball used to mean to him and how it's basically just meaningless now. And this is where we get our sweet moment in this episode and frank explains to him he's like look i went to five games i waited by the gate to get mantle's autograph but he never came out so frank says he ended up practicing mantle's signature over and over and he ended up signing the ball because he did it because he didn't want to disappoint ray he didn't want his son to be disappointed so he did the next best thing he could do in that situation and then you see immediately ray have that change of heart and he says he wants the ball back because it means so much to him now. And you see him kind of hug his dad. And Frank then makes a joke about, he says, why does it, he's like, why do you want it? It's meaningless. He's like, no, it's okay. He's like, it means something to me. And he's like, well, hope you don't mind the Rolex I get you for Christmas. Joking that it's going to be a fake Rolex and not a real one. Again, going back to Frank being a little bit of a, uh, a cheapskate. And then the episode, we have a, a final closing scene. Allie's laying in her bedroom sleeping. Ray, he shows up as Santa. He's ho-ho-hoing, and he's saying her name, and she's not waking up, and he eventually kicks the bed and wakes her up. And she's like, hi, Santa. And he's just like, hi, I heard you're having a hard time believing in me, and I wanted to just stop by and say hi and talk to you and let you know that that I'm real and that I care about you and care about your family and all of that. And she, she believes it's the real Santa Claus. He tucks her back into bed. It's a very sweet little moment. And she drifts back off to sleep. <laughs> and then Ray goes to leave the room. He stubs his toe on her bed. He knocks stuff off her dresser with his big bag filled with toys. He knocks a picture off the wall in the hallway and he falls down. And that's the end of the episode. And that is the ball from the first season of Everybody Loves Raymond. Now, as we always do on this show, I like to determine if an episode should be deemed a classic. We've done it with Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas, obviously. But we did it with the the Snow Day episode, whether or not it gave you winter feels. We've done Super Bowl. We've done graduation, prom, Easter, 
we're going to do some back to school stuff in August. So it, it kind of just depends on the time of year and whether or not it's a classic. And for this, it's easy. I'm giving it a... You got it, dude! This is the first time I've ever seen this episode. I may have seen like little bits and pieces along the way, but it's the first time I've seen it in full and I loved it. It, it felt like it took a bit of a moment to amp up a little bit, uh, to amp up that Christmasness of the episode. And it's not like there are just decorations galore. I mean, they do have the Christmas tree and everything up, but it looks like what a home would look like that time of year, just Christmas tree and stuff on the banisters and stuff like that. So I, I just thought that it really amped up the more it went along and the stuff with Ray and his dad at the end of the episode was great. I mean, it didn't have to be a Christmas episode, but I think that it just works so well by having the Santa part of it and Ray wanting to not lie to his kids. I think it was just a really well-written episode. And the, the idea that Frank did what he did so he can make a miracle happen for his son, even though he had to lie about it. I, I, I think it was a really cool storyline, a really fun way to show that, yes, yeah, sometimes parents, you have to lie and you have to do these little things along the way to make life a little bit easier or better for your kids. And it ended up being what drove Ray to be a sports writer. So in the end, it wasn't a bad lie because it turned into something great for Ray. So I'd highly recommend giving this episode a watch. Uh, I think the thing with Everybody Love, Loves Raymond episodes is they tend to move real quickly and they just have joke after joke after joke after joke. They do that so well. Again, they'll hit you with something sweet. We saw it with Frank and and Ray that it's a very sweet moment. And then it's got a joke at the end. We saw it where Ray was sort of waxing poetic about the ball. And then Deborah hits him with the proposal, you know, how he proposed to her. We had it at the end too, that Ray has the sweet moment with Allie while she's laying in bed. And then he stubs his toe and knocks everything off. So they're really good with the joke part of it while also mixing in some sweet, tender moments. And I do like that so very much. So I would recommend giving this one a watch. And that wraps up this week's episode, but we're not done yet this month. We still have a couple more episodes left to drop for our Christmas in July episodes. Uh, They've been really fun. It's fun to sort of break up the year a little bit. And I also hope you had a chance to listen to our Leon Day episode that dropped in late June. That was a home improvement episode, which I love those episodes so much. I love that show so much, but they're holiday episodes. All of the Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas episodes are always so, so great. So I was happy to do another one for Leon Day. And also go back, listen to any of our previous episodes. If you're in the mood for some Christmas stuff, I have a bunch of it from last December. October, of course, had a ton of Halloween stuff. So you could go back and listen to those. I feel like the quality has gotten much better from October when I started this thing till now. So hopefully, hopefully you feel the same as well and i'd love it if you leave us a review on apple Podcasts. i i know we've got a decent amount of people listening to these uh, but not a lot of people have left reviews so leave us a review i will send you a free tgi podcast sticker you can find us on facebook and instagram by searching tgi podcast you can find me on twitter at matt yurik send me a message on any of those types of platforms if you've left a review i will send you a free sticker i mean hey even if you don't want to leave a review let me know i'll send you a free sticker i've sent out some so far but i still got some more here would love to give more away so you can throw them on your laptop or your cooler or something like that but again i thank you guys so much for listening and i hope you all have a great week and i'll talk to you soon 
The TGI Podcast is written, produced, and hosted by me, Matt Yurick. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Yurick, and be sure to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.